Welcome everybody to the fourth episode of CG Cast. Today is the 24th of September and today we have a very exciting show. I have two guests with me today. I have Tyson Ibel and Franklin D'Souza. Today we're going to be inter- um, interviewing Tyson. So Tyson, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Ah, uh, sure. Well, what would you like to know? Anything. There's a, there's a lot. Well, you know, I've got blue eyes. No, um... <laughs> Well, I'm a 18 year old, an 18 year old animator who's been using 3D Studio Max for approximately five years. Um, I started near the end of 2000 or the beginning of 2001. Now it's kind of ambiguous because there was a period of time where I was, you know, searching for first of all like freeware and shareware software that I could use because I was I saw some people at school doing 3D, so. I was really uh, interested, obviously, in getting into it. Had seen had seen Toy Story and whatnot. It was kind of like it was a period of time when everyone was starting to get into 3D. So I was really searching around uh, during that period of time in 2000, 2001. But then um, got started going to high school. Got introduced to 3D Studio Max, and uh, from that point on, uh, that's what I've been using. And um, so yeah, I live in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota now. I work for a company called Make. I moved here about two months ago from Canada, where I was uh, previously a student. So other than that, uh, that's where I'm at right now. Hey, um, when you were starting to learn, did your parents or your friends say anything about it? Like, did they say, nah, you're too naive, you're not going to go anywhere with this, or were they supportive? Well, it's interesting, because at first my parents were, my parents have always been supportive, I'll just say that. But I think at first they were possibly thinking that it would just stay as a hobby. But uh, once I started actually, like making some cool stuff and they were like I entered some film festivals and stuff which I won some awards for and once they started seeing stuff like that then I think they realized that this this could be a potential career for me so uh so they've always been supportive friends I mean most of the time you're you're in high school your friends don't really care what you're going to do for the rest of your life but the one thing cool about doing 3D is that there's always like with any kind of art there's always like a visual kind of finished product so that being said it was always they've always you know quote-unquote supported me because I've always been able to show them these animations that they can you know sit down and watch whereas you know if I was into biology or something there's not really too many finished products that you can show people so because you know we work in the entertainment industry they've always you know enjoyed seeing uh, the animations or whatnot so short answer yes <laughs> that's pretty cool hey um, um all right Franklin Archer yeah I just want to know did you ever feel discouraged did you ever feel like it's not going anywhere or anything like that yeah, I mean, I think every artist I, has a exactly. I'm just gonna say, like, every time I get artist block at all, I feel like, yeah, exactly. Oh, some days I wake up, I'm like, oh man, like I have no inspiration at all. How am I gonna do this for the rest of my life? But then other times, you know, kind of snap out of it. So there's always periods of discouragement, and I think there was actually, I think around the 2002, 2003 time, there was actually a period of around six months where I didn't really do any 3D at all. So. And I kind of almost dropped it in the sense that it was like before then it was kind of like a hobby that I picked up. And then I kind of, you know, wanted to go out into other areas um, for a while. I was going to do some programming. So, so, yeah, there's definitely been times where I kind of, you know, lean in other directions. But in the end, I always come back to 3D. But do you have any like anything that you do to help you regain your inspiration? Not like a specific task. Well, I guess you could say uh, big inspiration is just going to somewhere like CG Talk. And every day there's so much new stuff posted. You can go there pretty much any day. Um, I tend to visit the animation section myself, but, you know, I browse the 3D forms as well. And I just love watching other people's animations and stuff. So, yeah, when I'm down, I usually uh, either go to, like, you know, uh, favorite artist website or something or just to a forum and, yeah, just browse the animation. 
get some inspiration, ideas for new things to do, and hopefully I'll pull out of my little slump. But yeah. so far it's worked. Ah, um, I heard that you have a forum. I forgot to plug you at the beginning, but here's a good time to plug it's you. Okay, yes, we, I recently started a forum with a fellow artist named Cameron James. Um, He's my best friend. You might have seen some of his work in, uh, I think he was in Exposé, yeah. He's, uh, or, yeah, Exposé too. And, and what, Elemental? Didn't he get accepted in some other thing? Yeah. He had, a, he had an image called uh, Where They Gather, and uh, you might recognize that name. But uh, but yeah, he's a good guy, and uh, we started a forum once uh, the 3D Studio, the forum there, started going down. We started a forum called SimplyCG.net. Uh, it's a pretty cool place. We've got, I think, close to 70 members now. We've only been up for a couple months. But uh, yeah, there, uh, if you want to check it out, we actually hold uh, regular animation challenges because I find a lot of other sites, even somewhere like like CG Talk, we used to have regular animation challenges, but now they've kind of phased out, and I really enjoyed them. So if you go to Simply CG, you can find the animation challenges. Right now, we're actually doing a month-long challenge where um, each week is a new step in, uh, in the phase of creating animation. So for example, this week, focusing on modeling of a character. Uh, next week is going to be texturing. Third week is going to be rigging. And then the fourth and fifth week is actually going to be animation. So hopefully by the end of the whole process, everyone who's entered this little challenge will have a pretty cool uh, animation to show for it. So anyways, uh, it's just a form where you can hang out, a bunch of cool artists there, and uh, some contests and stuff. So simplycg.net. Wow, that little challenge sounds fun. You should check it out, sir. I will. <laughs> Uh, are you? Do you enter these challenges yourself? I do. I uh, I make sure to participate in them all. I just find that you know, as like an administrator of a forum, it's good to uh, try to participate. That's an example. Exactly. And I mean, like, there's no prizes or anything, so I think it's I think it's fair. Like, I I know at CD Talk, there's sometimes uh, issues over you know when moderators are participating are participants in contests, but. Over at our forum, I mean, we're all friends, so I'm no more a regular member than anyone else. It's just I have the password, so I can, you know, delete posts and moderate. But other than that, I'm just another artist just chilling out, so. Frankton, are you going to enter? Uh, no, not really. I have I too much work on my hands. All right. All That's right. the thing. A lot of artists uh, trying to keep jobs, whatever. It is hard to enter these challenges, I find. And that's why you should make it not too hard. That's the thing. We try to keep it uh, simple. very simple. Exactly. Um, that's actually something to admire, you know. You you juggle your work and your farms and all your duties properly. Well, it's not it's not too hard. I mean, you just make the time. So, <laughs> you you uh, live life extremely tired and sleepless, but you know. <laughs> Sleep is for the weak. That's 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 false. <laughs> I was gonna say that's true, but I have to disagree. Yeah, really it's an expression. I sleep. Yeah, there's a weird thing. If you sleep too much, you feel tired. So you have to that's, have the perfect balance. Anyways. What's your favorite part of CG? My favorite part. You know what? After, you know, like spending hours and hours working on something or whatever, my favorite part out of the whole process is showing it to other people and seeing how they react, whether good, whether bad, you know, do they love it, do they hate it? So, yeah. So when I make something, like during the entire process, the only thing I'm thinking about is looking forward to seeing other people's reactions. So I think just the response you get after you make something is like the most... Uh, what's the word for it? Most desirable aspect of working in this field, you know, the entertainment industry you want to entertain. So I think entertaining, like if you are able to do that, that's the most rewarding aspect of it. So I like doing that the most. Yeah, very hopefully, interesting. hopefully it works. You know, sometimes it doesn't. You know, not every not every animation or shot you do is a winner. But have you ever have you ever had failed failed shots or animations? <laughs> oh, I I wish I had a list long enough to name them all. Yeah. Oh yeah, tons of them. No, I, Every third animation I do, I just want to, you know, 
crawl into a hole practically because you know I, I'm always trying to do new stuff so that's where you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um, I can remember even uh, you know posting some of my early animation stuff on a place like CG talk and just getting totally shot down and feeling like oh man I suck and I think it's a stage that all artists go through but yeah there's tons of stuff that I've done that looks terrible so <laughs> don't okay. ask to see it because I'm not going to show you <laughs> we definitely want to see it now but anyways what's your least favorite part of CG rendering times you know that's a good one rendering times <laughs> really uh, I don't know it's the, like there's it's funny the whole process each 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 part of the process has its own little quirks. Now, when it comes to animation, you know, like doing stuff like animating fingers, that really always drives me nuts. Or yeah. uh, trying to really get eye movements down on your characters, like like animate all the little nuances, as well as maintaining uh, focus in your character's eyes. That always, I don't know, it just seems like like a little job that, even though it's so important for your character, it's just like an annoyance to the whole part of animation. So I enjoy like blocking out motion and, you know, getting the big parts in there but it's all little details that always bug me when i have to go back and rework and whatnot so yeah usually all little details and whatnot mm, okay so honestly it's more like a, a general like <laughs> it's like a love-hate situation for animation yeah. So. yeah i know the feeling um we know you do 3d but do you do any 2d not it, not lately in high school like all my binders all my books were covered in like doodles and drawings and like every you know, classes were in high school, they were an hour in college, they were three hours. Every single class, the entire class, unless it was a test or something, I would just doodle and draw through everything. So I spent, you know, like five years of secondary and post secondary school drawing nonstop. And now I haven't done too much, so uh, I'd have to say no. But, you know, I like, I like cartooning and stuff like that. I was never too good at, like, uh, figure drawings or anything like that, though. So. But do you plan on working on your 2D in the future or just giving up on it? Well, I don't think it's like a. I don't think it's something that you can give up on or plan on working on it. Like either like you find time to draw or you don't, you know, but I don't think you ever get, well, for me at least, I don't ever get worse at it, but I don't really get too much better. So, you know, I draw when I can and that's not a lot. So I guess the answer is no, because I'm not really putting work into it, but yeah. um, I don't know. What about you guys? Franklin, ask. Yeah, I was just wondering, do you think uh, having 2D, um, a traditional 2d background it's important in animation or in any way well it's like i just watched uh what was it final fantasy the uh, advent children and i noticed they they are a great example of you know 2d maps because there's a lot of shots you can just see oh that's a it's a painting now i mean obviously look really nice but the thing about mats is that they're they're perfect for a lot of 3d stuff because you can pick up all the detail you need in the shot but it's a it's you know a 2d frame so you can save all the time and having to model billions of things so so they're great because it saves tons of time but uh on the other hand i suck at matte painting so we just uh, <laughs> also another another cool thing about 2d is you can make your own reference pictures you don't have to look all over the net you can just make them yourself yeah exactly and uh you know like you look at a place like cg talk where you have all these amazing painters and then, you know blow my mind every time i go through the the forums and you can just see like how realistic you can get some of these 2d images it almost like a lot of these a lot of these uh paintings people do like they could 
completely pass off for real life. And, you know, in a lot of movies, you know, a lot of the backgrounds are in that painting. So yeah. I think of, uh, even something like Star Wars Return of the Jedi, when you see a lot of the, on Endor with all those big uh, tree houses and whatnot, a lot of that is just matte paintings. And it, it can actually get pretty incredible, the detail. Like I'm looking at, a, I'm actually on the CD Talk galleries right now, looking at a 2D work called Road to Eternity by uh, Wojtek. And it's, it's in the it's in the forums right now. I think it's on the front first page of the 2D section, and it just looks. I mean, like it's about as close to a photo as you can get. I mean, it's got this painterly effect to it, but it looks absolutely stunning. So I think stuff like that is uh, it can totally help you when it comes to set. What was the original question? That's not a question. It was a statement. I said um, 2D can really help you, but yeah, there you go, there you go. So yeah, putting like let's say this frame here, this image by Voitech. If you were to throw that in like a movie or something and do like blue screen characters in the foreground or something, I mean, it wouldn't look the greatest, but you'd save all that time from having to actually find you know the set and build it. And like I said, in a lot of movies, they that's yeah. what they do, you know. Actually, Sin City, the entire movie was like that. It was... Exactly. I mean, even even something as obvious. I mean, this is more obvious because it was made as you know a quote unquote 3D with blue screen movie. But even something like uh, what was that, Sky Cap in the World of Tomorrow, where the entire movie was originally Sin? intended just to be you know blue screen actors. Even something like that, like. It can still look fantastic, even though none of it's real. Yeah, Sensei was pretty cool. It was very stylized, but if m most of the movie was done with blue screens, and you can barely notice. Exactly, exactly. And in the, I mean, technology is just getting so far that I mean, you're just waiting for the point in time where someone will come up with any kind of movie idea, whether it be you know sci-fi or even something like a drama, and just you know make a virtual sets and then just ha just pay actors to work on a blue screen for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and and and. You know, any layman wouldn't know. Yeah, so hopefully, we get cheaper since building sets is expensive. But probably exactly. building the virtual sets <laughs> would be expensive too, since you need more detail. Oh yeah, I mean it's all relative, right? Yeah, well, at least nobody can die in the. Uh, yeah, like I mean, if you look at a movie like Ben Hur, where they built these massive sets and have thousands of actors, and then you compare like you know Lord of the Rings, where you have thousands of CG actors, you know, running across fields whenever. Obviously. I haven't researched this or anything, but I'm imagining that Lord of the Rings would be cheaper to yeah. do all the CG than to actually hire, you know, try to find 200,000 extras. There's a <laughs> there's also a big convenience thing because having CG actors, they're there all the time. Because I remember... Yeah, when, not, yeah, not even just that, but like none of them are tripping, none of them are sneezing. Yeah, I remember when I was making my first movie, my first live action movie, I, it was really hard for me to get all the actors together. And I was like thinking in my head, this is why I like 3D because my actors are there when I need them. Exactly. But yeah, so especially especially with like independent films when you can't pay your actors or you can pay them very little. It's so hard to organize them, you know. Yeah. Get them I together. know. But acting, um, animating real people is easier than 3D people for me. I just wanted to ask you, like, have you ever found that your inability to work in 2D has restricted you in 3D in any way? Uh, I would say no. And you see, the well, the problem with my 2D is that I just can't. Like, I just can't create good perspective or shading or anything. So I find that, I mean, any image you make, whether it's, you know, a painting, a drawing, or even, like, you know, a, a render, it's a 2D image in the end, you know? Like, it's a flat, you know, it's an image projected yeah. on a flat surface. So in the end, I think being able to make stuff in 3D aids my, my 2D, you know, skills, quote-unquote, per se, even though I'm not actually painting the shapes or whatever, you know, the computer's doing all those calculations. Either way, it's, you know, 
making something in 3D Studio Max is allowing me to, uh, you know, create images and still maintain, you know, proper perspective and coloring, whatever, whereas I just can't do that, you know, with pen and paper or, you know, paint and canvas. So, so yes. What if you had to approach a project where the characters or the environment you were building was purely concept? Well, you hire somebody else to do that. What do you mean? Like, if I had to do concept art myself? Yeah. Well, that's another interesting thing because, I mean, I am currently in, uh, in the process of finishing up a promo for a TV show back in Canada. And part of the project was me coming up with, you know, 12 character designs that I was literally given like a sentence description on each of them or, you know, paragraph mm-hmm. and having to come up with all the characters. And I don't, I, I didn't do one single 2D drawing for that entire thing. You know, it's all, it's all, it was all just in my head. And I mean, it's the promo has gone really well so far. So I think uh, for me, particularly when I do 3D, like I have a 2D image in my head, like a, like literally like an illustration in my head. But the problem is I just can't convert it on paper. So that's where I use 3D as a medium to kind of do the, it's kind of like the middleman for me. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to thinking of, you know, two different art forms as in like there's 3D art and there's 2D art, I almost think of 3D art as being my, my 2D, you know what I mean? Yeah. Out of all your artwork, which is your favorite and why? Okay. Well, personally, I don't like any of my 2D stuff simply because... I'm just not a, like a texture shading artist. I like making things move. So even though some of my animations might have, you know, relatively okay shading or some cool lighting, I don't really consider, like when being asked a question like this, I don't consider any of my 2D stuff good. So when it comes to my animations, I don't know, like I don't really have a favorite because every time I make something, but a week later I'll look back on it and be like, oh, that looks stupid, you know, and then, but not just like bashing my own work, but also realizing areas that I can improve and whatever. So normally, like when I look at my past stuff, just browsing through my gallery here or whatever, there's not really any favorites because I don't really like any of them. It's like that, but, but when it comes to, I guess, areas of improvement I made, the bird one stands out in my mind just because it was kind of, I hadn't really done anything of that. Yeah, that, that one is my favorite. I hadn't really done anything that received that. Thanks. I didn't really do anything that received that much attention up to that point. I was just kind of like, you know, like just some guy who did animations. Whereas once I made the bird one, I got that lovely uh, CG Talk front, front page, which I don't know who gave it to me, but I, you know, I'm eternally grateful for it. And I got a little bit of publicity in that area. People started to, you know, contact me and whatnot. It was really cool. So it kind of got my name around a little. Once again, for any like lurkers out there who are listening to this, post your work because if you do happen to you know make something kind of cool that someone likes, and yeah, whether it be CG Talk or Three Total or anywhere, any kind of form that you know plugs uh, particularly good work, Simply it's, CG. It's honestly, yeah, Simply CG does it. It's honestly, it's invaluable to your process because people suddenly your name gets out there. People see it. Tons of people see it, especially on a page like CG Talk. And it like that bird thing alone basically kickstarted my career. And I made that in one day. So I have to say, out of all my stuff, that's probably my favorite, just because it. I don't know, it kind of. Uh, it's like the the landmark animation that I've done. So the catalyst like of your my, career. My rite of passage. My, yeah, the catalyst animation. So, so yeah, the bird one. Okay, what's a typical day for you? Typical day. Well, the one thing good about working at Make here is that the hours are very flexible. It's pretty much I can come in whenever I want as long as I get my work done. So depending on when I decide to wake up, I'm usually at work around anywhere between 8 o'clock and around 11 o'clock in the morning. And basically I get to work, do the old email check, form check, whatnot. 
then jump on 3D Studio Max and chug away till, you know, I obviously take breaks from lunch or whatever, but chug away till anywhere between like midnight and sometime in the morning, possibly, you know, I think like last night, for example, I finished up at around three. So that's a typical day. Uh, weekends, I usually come into work. But yeah, so pretty much each week, uh, the project, we try to bury it up here. Each week, I try to start something new here. So depending on what I'm working on, I basically get to work, uh, animate for, you know, 10 hours or whatever, 15 hours, and then go home. That's a lot. How do you, that's a lot of hours. How do you stay focused? It is. Well, like I said, you know, I do break things up a little, do the email check. When I'm rendering, I try to, you know, lighten things up, playing some uh, online games. Nothing too fancy. If uh, you've heard of Lero, it's like a online worms game. I, I'm a big fan of that one right now. I don't know. I just try to I try to mix it up a little. Like I'm I'm not literally setting keyframes for 15 hours straight, but generally I'm working for that long. And because see, the good thing about working here is that the projects do vary. Like I said, week to week. So by the time by the end of the week, when you're just about when you just about had it, you get to move on anyways. So uh, it's not too hard to maintain focus and whatnot. That's cool. Franklin, you wanted yeah. to ask something? Yeah, I just want to know, um, was there any specific reason that you moved to the, to America? Because I'm sure you got a lot of offers from within Canada. Was there a specific reason you decided to switch? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there were, there were different reasons. Like, some of, the, some of the offers I got in Canada were, like, short-term work, and I was looking for, you know, more long-term. There was uh, some projects that I got offers on that simply weren't starting for another couple months, so I kind of sidestepped them. The main reason, though, was simply just the, the nature of the work. Basically, they pulled me down here just to do basically special effects work, and I thought that was really cool. And the fact that the projects would vary uh, quite often also really attracted me to it, because the other offers were, uh, there was a couple game companies, and uh, I think a TV studio was possibly looking at, you know, uh, having me as an animator for one of their animated TV shows. But the thing with that is that, you know, when you're on a project, you're on the same one for months. And that can be good. I mean, I've, I've done my own projects where, you know, made a short film or whatever, and it's taken months to do. But just when I, since I did have the choice, I chose to do the, the shorter, varied projects, you know, week to week. So so that's why I chose this place. And I mean, honestly, I am, I'm loving it here. So I'm glad I made the choice. Oh, well, the flexible hour thing sounds pretty cool. I hope if I get a job, I have flexible hours. I mean, like, you know, I say flexible hours, but I'm still working, you know, over yeah. 10 hours a day. Like, but, but it's nice that, like, it's 10 hours when I want to work 10 hours, you know? That's a good thing. Yeah, like, some people are not exactly morning people, and if they do work at 8 a.m., they would probably do it better at later hours. Exactly. So, that's, you know, that's a really cool thing. So, what, can, what projects are you currently working on? Well, right now, I am, as we speak, I'm finishing up the second half of animated hand animation I've been doing. I started that, I think, uh, two days, three three days ago. And um, I actually had posted on CG Talk yesterday. And uh, after some, you know, critiques from some people and some advice from, you know, my boss when he, when he saw this morning, I've added in, like, a, a second hand kind of chasing it. When I, if you've seen it, basically, it's a, uh, it's a hand cut off at the wrist. It's just like a, almost similar to the Adams family with just that, I think they called it, what, the thing or whatever, or whatever it's it called. It. And uh, it's just jumping and running around. So that's a project I'm currently working on. Um, a client had asked if, basically, if uh, one of the animators here at Make could handle animating hand, which, you know, we can, so that's what we show them. <laughs> but um, I'm hoping to move on uh, tomorrow onto the next thing. Yeah. So, of course, part of the job here is coming up with concepts for these projects, which can be 
almost, you know, harder than the actual project themselves, you know, sitting for days trying to think of an idea, you know, doing an original animation that is going to look cool and um, is not just going to be totally random. So, so that's, that's half the battle there. But Would your company ever make a short? Would we make a short? That is a good question. We talked about it, but right now, just our schedule and the way things are looking for make, we just don't have time to fit one of those in. So no, not at the moment. But we have talked about it, so possibly in the future. Cool. That'd be pretty cool to see a short from you guys. I would think so myself. Be like, work on one. Be like the next really Blur. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, definitely not as good as Blur, but... You never know if you guys yeah. keep working. <laughs> yeah, who knows. Did you do university, or are you planning to do it? No, I haven't gone to, I haven't gone to uh, post-secondary for 3D stuff. Actually, I had applied for film school this fall, I hadn't gotten any response, so I took the job here in Minneapolis thinking that I had been denied from... I applied to two universities. One of them turned me down, and the other one I hadn't heard anything from, like I said. So I took the job here in Minneapolis only to find out after I took the job, went through the visa process and everything, that then I got my acceptance letter. So I was supposed to go to university this year. That didn't happen. So I'm hoping to in the future, but it all depends. You know, like, I mean, depending on where I'm at, I might not, you know, want to step back from a good job and do university because... In this field, I mean, it's, you know, the general consensus is usually that it's better to, you know, have an education than to not have one. But in this field, it seems that um, a lot of people are getting by just fine without um, doing any, you know, incredible uh, post-secondary. So, you know, if I can get by without it, then, you know, it's I don't want to waste $40,000 tuition, wow. you know, for, for no... Uh, for results I wouldn't be seeing anyway, or that, that I would be seeing anyway. So, so at this point, we'll see. Yeah, stay in school, kids. Um, <laughs> Drink your milk. What are your goals in life? What are my goals in life? Wow, this is this is quite the interview. What are my goals in life? I don't know. You know, I'd love to, like, honestly, for all you CG talkers, you saw that short animation that Richard Rosenman uploaded with his, uh, for the Robin Hood flower. And just, honestly, working at a studio like, um, I'm thinking Passion Pictures, even uh, even uh, Red Rover Studios, which is where this Robin Hood flower commercial is made. Working at a studio like that that does short commercial work, that would be ideal for me. Just doing like simple projects, maybe, you know, well, like I said, commercials, so maybe 30 seconds to a minute, preferably character animation, if not visual effects or anything. Just doing something like that, I think I would like. You know, every, I mean, obviously, you know, if Pixar offers me a job, just like any animator out there, you're not going to turn it down, right? But I don't know, like, a lot of animators, they dream to work on, you know, CG films one day, but I don't know, like, I think I'd prefer to do the, the shorter, varied projects like I've been doing right now. And I, I, I like them a lot. And, you know, if you look at my website, I've got tons of short little animations but not so many long ones and it's just it's just you know what i prefer to do really short short-term projects oh, that's a pretty interesting output on so life. yeah so where do i want to be i don't know i'll just at a small studio uh do a quality character animation you think you would start up your own studio uh definitely not i mean at this point i would say absolutely not just from hearing the the nightmares of all the like the administrative side of things and just hearing the stories from people that started their own studios that, you know, they started it thinking, oh, gee, you know, I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to start this famous studio. And by the time they're into it, they're either they've had to shut down the studio because, you know, they're way in way over their heads or they're just they're having to deal with so much, you know, administrative stuff that they don't get to do as much animation as they, they don't get to do nearly as much animation as they had anticipated. So I'd say no, because uh, just I don't know, it just doesn't interest me to do that. I'm I'm happy to work for someone else. All right. Where do you see yourself in CG in 10 years' time? 10 years? I don't yeah. know. 
Uh, probably just another animator that you know a few people have heard of that has a cool website. I don't think I'll be famous or anything, but you know, I like to uh, make little animations here and there. So in 10 years, I don't know. I think uh, at a small studio doing uh, some kind of commercial work and uh, with a nice little portfolio of my own stuff off to the side and hopefully a portfolio that I'm happy with. Because like I said before, the animation that I make, usually, you know, a week down the road after I've, you know, even in that short amount of time, you know, improved and found problems with it. I usually am not too happy with the stuff that I make and I just see room for improvement. So hopefully by then I'll have, you know, gotten far enough that I'll be able to look at some of my animation and go, yeah, that's a, that's a good piece there. So so uh, hopefully in 10 years I'll have uh, something that I can be proud of. I thought we were going to have a contest to see who could win the Oscar. I thought we were going to have a little contest to see who could win an yeah, Oscar. Yeah, in, yeah. In ten years, I'll be uh, I'll be in line for Oscars with you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hopefully. No, I would I would like to make some short films though. Like I've now none of the ones I've done so far, are, you know, any good at all. I made them. I think the late the last one I did, I made like a year ago. So I've improved since then. But I I used to really enjoy making short films, and I made quite a few of them. But would you rather do them alone, or you'd have a team to help you? I don't know, because there's plus sides to both things. You know, doing it alone, you can take all the credit. You know, you can, <laughs> you can, you can gloat in your own glory. I don't know if that makes sense. You, yeah. bat, you can bast in your own glory if it turns out to be good. And, you know, it's just the, the feeling of accomplishment. Like, even, like, you know, my short films, which I'd say none of them have turned out to be good or, you know, too good. Um, it's just nice being able to look back and, you know, see. look down, look, see how you worked on something for, like, three months or nine months or whatever. And just being able to appreciate, you know, your accomplishment and seeing what you've made. So that that's the plus side of doing something on your own. Doing something on a team, though, is also good because once again, you know, the feeling of teamwork is usually good. And a lot of the times when you're when you're doing that, you can really focus on one area. So as opposed to you know being bogged down with you know lighting, rendering, texturing, modeling, animation, story development, concept design, you know whatever. If you're doing you know a live action shoot, you know having to film that yourself. If you're working on a team. You can, you know, set yourself and be like, okay, I'm going to do lighting and, you know, I'm going to concentrate on that for the length of the project. And usually when that happens, well, always when that happens, the quality is going to be higher for one thing. And, and for another, you know, when you see the finished product, it's probably going to make you a lot happier than what it would have looked like if you did it alone. If you had so, the choice, uh, if you had the choice, if you're going to go for the Oscar for the best short animation, you could choose alone or a team. What would you pick? I don't know. Depends. I mean... Personally, I think at this point in my, you know, quote-unquote animation career or whatever, I prefer to do something alone. Okay. Um, just because I find that when I get an idea for something, usually it's just like an abstract concept. And the way it turns out doesn't really have anything to do with, like, it isn't even close to, like, the original concept. So if I worked as, as a team to make a short film at this point, I think I'd have, and if I was like, you know, the leader or whatever, I wasn't just, you know, like an animator helping out. Okay. I think I'd have some trouble, you know, conveying ideas and stuff. So at this point, I, I almost work better alone, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I mean, just even working here at Make and like, uh, I'm entering the 
the FX war, the current FX uh, wars challenge. What's it called? The big freeze. And I haven't posted any whips yet because we've been really busy. But we've actually we're about ninety percent done our entry. And I've been I've been working on a team with one of my coworkers here, and it's been really good because just you know I was able to concentrate on certain areas of shots and basically just not even have to worry at all about the other ones. And the same for him. So each side has a has its pluses and minuses. And a lot of the times working on a team allows like better management for everything. For an Oscar, a short film, once again, I'm torn. I don't know. A team would be good, but I almost would want to prefer to do it on my own. So We'll see in 10 years. We'll, we'll come back to this we episode will. in 10 years, and we'll see. <laughs> episode 900, I predicted. I'll be back on the show with, uh, with, an, with a, uh, a short film entered for the Oscars. Yeah, hopefully we can have you more on the show. You're pretty fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who inspires I'll you? I'll see what kind of what kind of flames I got on CG Talk after you post this. And then we'll know whether or not I'll be I'll be coming back. <laughs> I, don't think any, I don't think I don't think <laughs> I don't think anybody will flame me. They'll flame Franklin, but not you. Why <laughs> me? Because yes. <laughs> Who inspires you artistically? Because what? Yes. <laughs> what? Down, Franklin. Franklin, move back into the shadows. <laughs> because you're too shy. People don't like shy people. <laughs> We're saying this to help you grow. Okay, people yeah. in the CG industry, don't be shy. You have to be confident. If you're not confident especially, in yourself... Especially if you want a girlfriend. Step yeah. number one, confidence. <laughs> I already have one. Oh, there you go. If you want a job also, if you're not confident in yourself, why should your employer be confident in you? Exactly. So remember, confidence, very important. Anyways, <laughs> who inspires you artistically? Well, um, not really like artistically in a sense, like when you think traditional art, like paintings or whatever, but uh, there's a lot of animators that totally like, you know, blow my mind every time I check their stuff out. One of them is Mark Bame. I know I'm botching his last name, but it's B-E-H-M. If you go to markbame.com, he's got, not only is he an amazing 2D artist, but what little animation he has posted on his site is, I love it. And um, I know he's worked on movies like Robots. He actually works for Blue Sky, so... I'd say at this point, he's probably one of my favorite animators, even though, like like I said, he doesn't have a lot of stuff posted on his site, and I, and I haven't really seen too much of his stuff. What I have just blows my mind, just the, the quality of uh, the movements and the emotions conveyed, so he's one of them. Keith Lango, I'm a big fan of. I think he's just like a role model for a lot of animators out there, just what he's been through, especially after things like, you know, losing his short film that he worked so hard on, you know, all the backups were gone and everything. Ouch. And uh, the the effort he's put into producing animation, helping out the community, especially with his new uh, subscription video tutorials, which I suggest everyone signs up for because they're great. So Keith Lango's another good one. Off the top of my mind, I apologize because I can't remember your names, but there were a couple really cool uh, demo reels posted in the animation section lately that were got front page plugs. Uh, if you remember it, um, the one had a Napoleon Dynamite quote um, with Kip talking about um, chatting with girls online all day as part of the opening of the animation reel. I thought that guy's animation was awesome. Oh, shoot, I almost want to go on forums and find out these guys' names because, yeah, a lot of them frequent CG talk, which is good, but, yeah, there are, there are a whole bunch of animators that uh, inspire me. And I wish I could plug them all here, but I just I just can't remember them all off the top of my head. I do have your site's bookmark, though, so I know where you live. <laughs> Tell us something about yourself most people don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm six foot three. I from Waterloo. I don't know. What would what would people want to know? <laughs> you told me a cool story about oh, yourself. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. Oh, I was just gonna say when I animate, I 
I'm a little, I guess I'm a little uh, non-traditional because I don't block anything out and I don't like set poses and stuff like that. I'm a straight away animator. So when I start animating something, I literally just go at it and sometimes it works pretty good and sometimes it doesn't, but usually I end up brute forcing my way through. So I guess maybe that's something because I know most animators these days do like the pose blocking or whatever. And I kind of, I don't know, I learned, like when I, when I first started learning animation, I kind of was teaching myself and I never really thought of doing that. So I guess that's kind of interesting. I don't block my poses. <laughs> it's probably okay. the most least interesting thing you've ever heard about anyone. <laughs> Whatever. Wait, um, well, I was going to, I was suggesting something more personal. Like one time you were telling me how you used to be overweight and that you, you decided to do something about it and you, be, and you started working out and you become oh, really buff. And like, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool to take the dedication to do something like that. Yeah, it's, it's been, you know, kind of cool. You know, 3D industry is pretty notorious for just sitting on your computer. Like, I mean, like I said, I work on my computer 15 hours a day, which means I'm sitting for, you know, good you know, unless I stand up to go and get lunch, I'm sitting for a good, like, 14 hours. So, uh, so yeah, so, um, I lost some weight. I started working out, and, you know, I still work out on a regular basis, so that's been, that's been good. Yeah, because, wow, there's a lot of people in, like, in the North America complaining about overweight, and they don't want to do anything about it, and you just took the initiative. It's like everything in life. If you take the initiative and work for it, you can do it. Tyson's perfect, perfect example is Tyson. <laughs> he was fat, he got buff. He wanted to learn 3D, he became good. Okay, Franklin wanted to ask something. Oh yeah, I was just wondering about um your how do you like what kind of observation skills do you have because if you're an animator, you obviously have to observe things in everyday life and build a kind of knowledge base and then apply that to your 3D animation, right? Right. So, how does that work exactly? That's a good question. Um, actually, that's like one of the like when I made that bird animation, a lot of people were like, "Whoa, how did you know how to do that?" Or, and even though when I look at it, I I see like having studied birds since then, you know, just for the sake of it. Plus, there's you know sparrows all around my apartment, but I've realized all the mistakes. But one of the things that helps and that helped the animation is when you watch something. Like let's say you're watching a person or an animal or a bird or a truck or a car, any kind of move, any kind of movement. One thing that I find that really helps is if you watch like each element of that object separately. So for example, so for my bird animation, there were, like I said, uh, before I started making it in the morning of that day, I went outside and there were birds outside in the trees. And, you know, normally when you go watch birds, you'd be like, you know, you're looking at this bird, you're looking at the next bird. But what I tried to do was concentrate on one bird and then like spend like a good minute to two minutes watching each part of it. So for example, I'd find a bird, and I just watch its tail feathers, and I watch them for a minute. I watch them like, like you know, in every different position that it can move in, and like you know, when it's flying and when it's flapping or whatever. And then I'd go to the wings, and I go to the feet or the head or whatever. And I find that actually works on a lot of things. You know, when you're studying like human motion, a lot of the times there's so many different parts of the body, like in a walk cycle or something. There's so many different parts of the body that are moving. It's hard to just use your peripheral vision to to take note of all those things. So I I think it's good, and maybe people already do this, but it was kind of you know, a new experience for me to start doing it is to literally just rotate your vision between all different parts. So if someone's walking and you're trying to figure out how to do a walk cycle, watch how their feet, you know, bend and move when they're, you know, taking steps and lifting their legs and watch their hips and watch their, you know, shoulders and how their, you know, torso and center of gravity moves up and down, stuff like that. So 
when it comes to observation, I'd say, yeah, just observe every part separately. And, and if you have to take notes and take notes, but I'd say that that's, that's what'll help you the most. So did, was this something that came naturally to you or did you like actually sit down on a park bench and watch people walk around or something? Uh, what do you mean? Like, did it come naturally? Like, like a walk cycle, for instance, was right. this something that you just started on? Well, it depends what I'm doing. For example, um, this hand animation I'm doing. Like, there's like besides looking at my own hand, which obviously is not detached from my arm, so I can't really, you know, simulate it standing on its own and whatnot very well. You know, some things you just kind of have to make up using, you know, that library in the back of your head of how things work, right? But if you're looking at like people or whatever, yeah, I think I don't think I'd be able to do a walk cycle if I didn't have a mirror and I was able to, you know, look at the way I walked or something. And I think that's key is a lot of animators, you know, they sit down to animate something, but they haven't looked to see how it actually moves in real life. And that's where you separate convincing animation from non-convincing animation. <laughs> and, you know, there's some there's some animators out there that, no, I mean, once you get good enough in animation, you obviously don't have to go and look at absolutely everything before you get a gist of how things move. But like I was going to say, some animators out there, they're, they just have natural eye for things and they might not have studied the movement of something, but they can get it down. But I'd say 90% of animators should sit down and like observe things and that's where a lot of animators use video references and like i said mirrors are great so yeah are there any rules or factors that you'd like to keep constant during your animation well i mean there's always like you know maintain weight keep your anticipation you know mm -hmm. keep your curves nice and flowing you know try not to have too many too much stiffness stuff like that other than that i try to you know i try to vary it up a little sometimes i like to do snappier animation sometimes i like to do uh animation that's a little more realistic kind of like you know like the bird one that keeps coming up i uh you know one day i was like i want to sit down and i want to make something that looks pretty real and um, as opposed to doing like cartoony animation so so i wouldn't say there's any like specific rules that i go by just as long as it looks good when it's done so that's all that matters right exactly what's what is one piece of advice you would give to any artist looking to get into 3d one piece of advice i would say start small and the reason i say that is because just browsing forms like cg talk or whatever which is one I go to all the time, which means that it'll keep coming up, I'm sure, in my conversations. But and simplycg.net. And simplycg.net, of course. I see a lot of people, whether they're animators or, well, especially animators, but a lot of just 3D artists that, you know, they come up with this concept, like, I'll make, you know, these five characters in the scene and all this, all this stuff is going on, yet, you know, they still haven't worked out things like composition, you know, proper lighting, you know, playing with light and shadow to get the right, you know, tones and hues and creating atmosphere. And so they, you know, they jump to making the finished product when they haven't, you know, learned each area properly. So I'd say, like, <laughs> pick up some books and, and Franklin, stop typing. <laughs> You're making too much noise over there. Yes, Franklin, stop typing. No, I'd say, uh, you know, pick up some books, do some reading, and uh, first, like, Find out what the limits of what you can do are, and then, you know, come up with a project that fits within those limits. Because, like I was saying, animation. When I browse forums, I see every day people that, like, come up with these fantastic concepts, but they just don't have the knowledge base yet to pull it off properly. And, like, I spent the first year of my animation life trying complicated things, but always coming back to things like bouncing balls and, you know, moving, jumping squares and stuff like that. And I think that helped me a lot. You know, I was able to you know, practice squash and stretch without having to worry about, you know, complicated rigs or anything like that. So uh, animation specifically, do the bouncing balls and everything like that. And it's and it's uh, fundamental to learning your skills, especially if you're starting out. So in general, 
Learn so that's to, that's learn, my 19 pieces of advice then. Learn to walk before you run. There you go. Could you explain some of your work methods? Okay, you've explained a few of your animation methods. What about your modeling? Modeling? Well, I'm not very good at modeling. But, um, uh, your Nightmare Creature was pretty cool. <laughs> it's okay. It's funny because uh, the piece of concept art that I you know, roughly based it off of, someone on, uh, I'm sure everyone knows Colby Jukes as a modeler. He's uh, probably one of the best modelers out there. But someone on his forums used the same piece of concept art and made a model about a billion times better. So, you know, my self-esteem went through the floor. <laughs> either way, um, modeling techniques, usually what I do when I'm, it's, unless it's like literally a model that I can make out of a box really simply, like, you know, standard box modeling, usually what I do is I'll make like a plane with, you know, the segmented plane, and then just kind of, I'll have some kind of reference image. Like, let's say I'm making a face. You know, I'll adjust all the segments or whatever, or the vertices of the plane, to kind of, like, in the in the front viewport or whatever, to kind of match the contours of the face. And then I'll move on to the side viewport and, you know, give it some depth and whatever. So usually that's what I do. And then I'll do that for each separate part of the object, and then I'll, you know, weld all the vertices together. So I don't know how many people use that method, but it's almost like modeling in patches with polygons, not patches. So, but yeah, that, it's almost like sewing a big sheet together, I guess. It's kind of like the and Jennifer I, Art head tutorial or something uh, like that. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was kind of like on your last show where you were talking about the helicopter model I made. Just yeah. the same way where each piece is separate. Interesting. Should try that out more often. Well, I was trying it out, but I wasn't getting, I wasn't so successful, so I'm going to try again. Remember, kids, if you fail, try again. Okay, so I guess that wraps it up. Anything you'd like to add, Franklin? No, not really. Anything you'd like to add, Tyson? No, not too much. Just go to the Simply, the Simply CG forums, check it out. So I'll just plug them again, simplycg.net. Other than that, no, it's, it's cool. All right. Thank well, you for the interview. Um, no problem. I'm thank thank you for coming on. And Franklin was here for the last minute. Came at the last minute, and hope to see you in future episodes. I would love to be. All right, great. So good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.